0: This is the Humerian Health Podcast.
1: Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. We are here at the Humarian Health Podcast, Dr. Sean Benzinger and myself, Amy Baker. And we are joined today by Kim Pachati. She is uh, the owner of Training Canines, and I'm so excited to talk to her because she's going to talk to us about puppies and essential oil. Everybody loves puppies. Who doesn't want puppies. to know about this thing? So welcome, Kim,
2: to the <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely.
1: So... Just maybe just spend a couple minutes and give our listeners uh, a little bit of background about how you got into training canines and, and essential oils. Kind of what's your, what's your story?
2: Um, well, I actually started, I was a professional chef for 20-some years. I taught um, down at Johnson Wills University in Charlotte. And when the economy kind of went a little bit sour, I was kind of like, I'm done with this. I don't want to be still working in these kitchens. And we would go and we'd be setting up restaurants for different, you know, companies and catering companies and all that kind of stuff. And it just got to be really, really monotonous. Um I, At the same time, I was actually having some issues with my own dog, a new puppy that I brought into the home that suffered a loss because we lost one of our other dogs. So uh, she was kind of grieving.
0: Sure.
2: So um Saber, basically they told me to put her down she was 10 months a 10 month old mastiff that they what? said um you know yeah she's turning aggressive she's this she's that, and that wasn't even an option for me so I hired a trainer um the trainer told me to do all the wrong things um and uh. it kind of got into one of those where I have to figure this out for myself and it kind of went delving into that and I began studying how dogs learn, how they're, you know, cognitive, what basically we're and what do we do about this. Then I went into going to get my CPDT. And one of the requirements of that is you actually have to volunteer in a shelter shelter for over five hundred hours. Oh, wow. uh, so I'm seeing Golden Retrievers Labs, all these turbid puppies coming in eight, nine months. And I'm like, this isn't right. There's something something's missing out of this whole circle. Push come to shove. That's when all these behaviors really start approaching is at that point in time, if we don't take care of it anywhere from zero to 16 weeks. So I found that by doing a lot of the research, I study how autistic kids learn. I took cognitive studies at Duke. I did all these kinds of things. I mean, I'm just like... I'm the type of person that is just like, I'm going to find out the answer, and I just won't stop until I do, basically. Um, So push push come to shove, um, we started working with breeders, and we started bringing litters here when the puppies, and we bring the litter and the mom when the puppies are 10 days old. Well, one of the things I had seen from a hunting um, breeder uh, in New York years back was that they kind of early scent tested their puppies. And they exposed them to the quail and the ducks and the this and you know, all the stuff that those dogs would go out hunting. Mm-hmm. They had showed over a course of five years time that these dogs had better hunting skills. They were getting the marks eighteen months prior to when they usually would be expecting those same dogs to be able to get them. Interesting. So I said, Wouldn't it be cool to well, I'm gonna do this with puppies with regular scents, regular smells, everyday stuff. They're gonna go from um, you know, environmental sense to, hey, you know, rain has a smell. Rain smells like bacteria. So it's, I mean, that's really what it is, but rain has that smell. Hmm. Would that help puppies with thunderstorms? Thinking if they smell it ahead of the time, they're going to know and anticipate what's kind of coming. So I went through probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 litters, 15 litters or something like that. Doing all this, and I was actually using the regular scents. I would go get the orange, and I would go get the apple, and I'd go pull a piece of pine off the pine tree. Um, and then I thought, you know, why don't I try this with the oils? Why don't I try and see if the essential oils will make a difference because being a little bit more concentrated, am I going to get better readings? What is this going to tell me? So we started doing it, and we limited, we limited it down into four environmental scents, four calming scents, and four stimulating scents. Hmm. each of those not knowing what we're going to find out. So we went through litters and litters and just kept logging information, logging information. And I kept saying, there's got to be some kind of coalition here. What am I finding? What am I doing? You know, what is it telling me? What does it mean? And it, it, everybody, I was getting certain things coming back and over 250 puppies and we're going through. And I finally said, you know what, let's check and see, let's think about every single puppy we've ever tested And let's go through one by one and let's list their personality traits. So we keyed all that into the computer. We listed it. That's when we found out that by the sense that they know or like or show positive to, keying it in, put us into a system that we have. that will actually tell us that puppy's learning ability, focus ability and socialization capability as soon as 22 days old. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. So I've definitely, I mean, being a dog person have heard, you know, we talk about, like, our dogs have personality or certain traits, but how, uh-huh. do you, how do you define, given the sort of scientific approach that you took, how did you define personality?
2: Well, personality, basically, um, like, let's say, for example, learning, okay? There's four different types of learning abilities that the dogs have. We either have a routine learner. Um, we have a learner that is basically kind of their spot on. They're very, very smart. They're, they're like they're it's, it's so much like people. I guess that's the easiest way to say it. because maybe you learn by books. Maybe I learn by visual. Maybe this person learned a different way or they have to see demonstrations. It's all different. And the dogs are all different. And we found that whatever it was that they liked, like, see, we do puppy fitness and we put them like in hot tubs and we teach yoga to them and we do all this kind of stuff as they're growing up for that first, you know, 15 weeks that we have those puppies. And we found that all these things are kind of coming out in different areas. Uh, for example, the environmental. If I have a puppy that's highly, just um, disp- shows a of positives on my environmental sense, the last place I'm going to want to teach that dog to walk on a leash is outside. Hmm. I'm going to want to teach that dog to walk walk inside prior to going outside. Hmm. Makes sense. If I, I'm already I'm already knowing that they don't like the smells. Or it's yeah. not that they don't like the smells; the smells are distracting to them. Yeah. They're they're smelling it, and they're like, "Oh, that smells good." So, guess what? I'm out walking amongst the pine trees, and with a dog that loves pine, you think they're going to pay attention to me? <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, thus the mad scientist tag is that where all that? I, th- came I from? don't
1: think they called her a mad
0: scientist. What did you What did you say? You
2: Can, were, canine canine <laughs> scientist. <laughs> it's a little different
1: than
0: mad scientist. Well, you
2: know, really, I. I is a mad scientist, if I really have to be
0: honest. Well, I mean, how many people actually will look at what you've looked at, Kim, and then will actually go off to uh, Duke University and all these other types of classes, and then come back and figure this out? That's a canine <laughs> well, mad scientist, I'm telling you.
2: Well, it, it just, it's one of those things where you know that there's a coalition in something. You know something is there. And every winter I learn something, and I still don't think I've hit it all. I still think that there's more, because... You know, we all think about the average way a person teaches a dog. That way, they'll stand there in front of that dog, and they'll say, stay. And they'll hold their hand out, and they walk backwards, stay, 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 stay. The minute they turn their back, the dog breaks to stay. Yeah. So but we're, t- we're teaching the dogs, pardon my language, but ask backwards. Because <laughs> sure. the way that you're supposed to teach a dog to work in distance is you need that dog 100 feet away from you, and you're walking towards that dog saying stay, 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 stay. And what happens is at each time you do a session, or each time you do a trial, the clo- the further away you are, the sooner the dog is responding. It's just like the anticipation, like when you go and you open up the tinfoil or open up the cheese wrapper and all of a sudden your dog is there. <laughs> yep. Because you know what? they They anticipated a step before and a step before and a step before. And that's why people... They have like the wrong impression of really the way that the dog's mind works.
0: Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And that's
2: why, you know, we use the oil so much because we use the oils actually to help. We use peppermint and rosemary to help with focus, um, to help with memory retention. So before we start a training, they get a whiff of that and it helps keep their, their focus here. depending on what we're doing and what we're trying to teach them. Uh, we use green apple. We hang it on. We use the little, you know, the little bone things that they have poop bags in. They have, like, the little yep. clasp on sure. them. You know, we we take the poop bags out, and we put a cotton ball in there with a little bit of dampened bit of water, a little bit of green apple, and we place them, hook them on the crates because we glide in the van, so it helps keep them calmer as they're driving around.
1: Oh, okay. So it sounds like, just for clarity's sake, it sounds like you have kind of two ways that you use oils one is sort of it sounded almost to me like diagnostic like kind of mm-hmm. what their personality Absolutely. is like and then you follow Absolutely. it up with training or calming or ways to use oils like as your puppy exactly. grows up is that okay cool
2: exactly Cool. exactly exactly because I really think that the power of the nose in the dog as we all know that it's their strongest capability but what is anybody doing to train with it nothing
0: yeah, we don't use makes it. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you use the ears. We I mean, uh, the sounds, noises. That's what uh, what exactly. most training was based on. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we're using the clicker. We're using, you know, which we don't even do that. We don't use clickers. We don't use collars. We simply talk to the dog. We actually use television. And this started really weird because um, I kept having litter. Well, as you know, mom eats the poop. Their mom has to stimulate the puppy to get the puppy to go to the bathroom. So I have litters that are three and a half, four weeks old that are going around eating each other's poop. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> but I got it I but no, I got excited about it. I really did. I got excited and people think, Oh my God, you're so weird. But what that is is it's a learned behavior.
0: Mm, so mm-hmm.
2: if they learn if they learned that behavior by watching mom, they're imitating the mother. Sure. So why so can they early. not? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So why can they not learn by imitating each other? So then what we did was we took videos of I have to have like white dogs and black dogs that I did and took the puppies themselves. We videoed them sitting, standing, laying. We do here waiting, all the different things we did on video. So we popped them in front of the television for four weeks with this DVD and. And it's about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. It shows them sitting, laying, standing. That's what the first three that we start with. And I have had, I had a golden retriever of my last litter after two days, two sessions. That's all they had. I came up and I said, who can show me sitting? The dog popped his butt on the ground immediately. Sitting (laughs) on command after watching it two times.
1: Wow, That's amazing. To me, that
2: blows, it blows my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you? I mean, can you imagine what they can do? I, I just at I, such I just an early age.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Uh,
2: I, I, exactly, because see, that's when, and that's what goes back to what I was talking about—the rescues and being able to make the difference. And that's kind of my mission with all this, is because it they will never learn any more their entire life than from zero to sixteen weeks. Whatever we teach them at that point in time, whether it be good or bad, it's going to show up again eight or nine months all that time, that all those people were putting them in into rescue mm. so if we can teach other breeders or trainers or even the the person that brings that puppy home at seven six seven weeks or whatever they still have time to work with that dog how that puppy learns and what that puppy can do then i mean we can definitely we can change the world we can make a difference in the circle because no one's doing anything about the rescues. what are they doing we're just okay. Adopt, don't shop. Adopt, don't shop. Guess what? We take it. We turn around. The dog goes right back in the rescue. You know, a few months yeah, later. Yeah. And we're not doing anything as a society to change anything. Yeah.
1: So you have I'm something. Sorry, I
2: can go on forever. <laughs> no, it's no, okay. It's good, so you it's have good. something called the <laughs> the
1: Empowered Puppy Project. Is that kind of what right. you were just sort of alluding to? And and if so, can you tell us a little bit more about what that is?
2: Well, the Empowered Puppy Project is something that I want to find out is it does this work for older dogs? So, what we've done is we actually sell um, on our website, uh, the EmpowerPuppy.com website, we have um, the personality kit Mm -hmm. where we've got a a breeder's edition and a new puppy owner edition. Well, with the new puppy owner edition, what we're doing is basically saying, hey, you know, if you buy this kit, what we want you to do is take and test your dog, we show them how to do it, what to look for, you know, how to do it. The the set has the oils in it. We have, like, little metal um, aluminum tins so the oils don't get by the puppies and all that kind of stuff. So we tell them, test your dog for 12 days, send us in the results, just go to the computer, key it all in on our website, we will get back with you within 48 hours and tell you exactly how your dog is going to learn, and we send you a plan to go forward with teaching your dog. Well, they'll only use those oils once, they're not going to use them again, so there's no sense of throwing them away, so we said, well, what we'd like you to do then is pass it forward, pass it forward to someone that's got an older dog. Um, and ask that person if have that person test them have that person then go into our website log it in we we're not we're not really giving them a personality assessment but we're just trying to collect data mm-hmm. so we can study what it is so we have like 14 questions that we ask that puppy owner or that dog owner i should say um please answer these questions Tell us about your dog's personality, so then we can then start compiling. I mean, it probably is going to take me a couple years to do so, but if I have enough data, there's there's going to be something in there. There's going to be something we can say, and then if we could find it, where we could take it down to saying, hey, we can test rescues. We can go take these in, and and if we test these dogs, and maybe maybe it's only for older, maybe it's only five cents, or maybe it's four cents, or maybe it's something that's going to tell us a little bit about that dog's personality we can then pass that on to, you know, the new person that's adopting that
1: dog. That's great.
0: <laughs> it really is. Yeah. A lot of user-friendly. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I've certainly got plenty of puppies, and they'll tell you a few things over a few minutes, and they just going to let you go. And you go home and
2: exactly
0: read a book or take them to a trainer or whatever you're going to do, but never has anyone said, hey, this is this dog's personality, so they'll respond like this. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. That would make the training well, but, a lot easier.
2: Well, not only that, but people seem to think that they need to train their dog obedience prior. And we actually, we just launched about two weeks ago online puppy classes. We started the EmpowerPuppySchool.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is, is where people can go that just got a puppy and they can, the, and the thing is, they can go, They there's 14 lessons, they get a lesson every two days. And the coolest thing about it, well, not the coolest thing about it, but what we're doing is mm-hmm. we're telling people, pay what you want. You can pay $20, you can pay $40, you can pay $60. I don't care what you pay. I just want you to take the class because Mm. I want you to see what it is and how different it is to be able to train a dog with no clicker, with hardly using food. We work the first week. All we do is we work on temperament. We work on capturing behavior. Hey, you know what? My dog's laying down at my feet. I turned and I I told – I didn't ask the dog to do it, but the dog is doing it. I'm going to name it. I'm going to give the dog a little piece of kibble. And guess what? All of a sudden you create this dog that wants to start doing things for you because, hey, whatever I come up with, she comes over and gives me a piece of kibble. I don't even have to ask the dog to do it. Hmm. It learns, we call it lifestyle training because it learns what you do. If If I need my dog, if I'm loading my dishwasher and I ask my dog to, hey, I need you to sit and wait. When I'm done, I'll give you a reward. The dog will sit and wait. I got my work done and the dog learns what to happen. So what happens then as I was talking about the anticipation is every time I go to open the dishwasher, my dog's going to sit and lay down. Guess what? I trained the dog. I did my work. And I even created a habit in my dog what the dog can do.
0: Very smart. Love now, uh, now I got a, a big lawn. I'm thinking, uh-huh. how do I train this dog to – no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, pick, pick up its own poop? <laughs> so I don't pick think up you can its do own. It. Yeah, that's right. I don't think you can do that. No. You never oh, know. Yeah,
2: right. All they do is eat it.
0: That's right. Oh, <laughs> okay, right? Mom, no. mom, mom taught
2: him to eat it. Yeah, exactly. never – They're never going to do that. Yeah. Oh, well. They have us trained to do that. Yeah, that's
1: right. So you mentioned earlier a couple of examples where you were using essential oils, um, I'm presuming kind of maybe throughout the whole dog's life, but as they get older, not just for the personality parts. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So other than training – what are other ways that you've seen essential oils be helpful?
2: Well, I really haven't used use them from that standpoint. Like we'll use them if we see the like I said, we'll use it as the training. Really that's the only way I have used it. Okay. Um, because that's all we do all the time. So, you know, like I said, we'll use it for the crate training. We even take um and it's not the essential oil, but I'll actually take cinnamon. We spot train our puppies. And what we do at three and a half weeks old is we place a tray inside the welping area and we use horse pellets. So we teach the puppies that that's where you're supposed to go to go to the bathroom. And we don't really teach them. They really teach themselves. Um, but what I want to do, and I haven't been—I just haven't had the time to do it, is I want to be able to associate a scent with that and then have that scent where, say, for example, I have it in a sachet or we have it where it's an essential oil, something like that, where, say, the, the new puppy owner could let that puppy smell the scent as they're walking out the door. Say, hey, come on, we're going to go potty outside. The dog smells it. The dog remembers the dog then goes back to where they want to go maybe the scent is there again and kind of go through that i've got it where right now we use cinnamon for that um i just haven't had the time to develop that to go further and you know to be able to do that but if i could get that for housebreaking that would be wonderful for people to that, be able to try that would you know be great. different mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah you know because everything to them is smell and that's where you know what it can be you know you can find you can take the positive sense that the dogs really do like and utilize that you know i mean just like we utilize it for ourselves. i mean they say there's certain scents and certain oils um what is it frankincense or something that if you burn that that's supposed to do with something with cancer or something i don't really know all of it about but what about couldn't we do that stuff for the dogs too yeah dogs live too short yeah
0: yeah Yeah, that's the truth
2: You know what I mean? I mean, what if, what if we expose the dogs to that? What would happen? Mm -hmm. You know, they've got these, you know, all the aromatherapy things like we use, what is it? sinless or something like that. It's like, you know, you put the water in, put the drops of oil and then the the vapors just kind of come out or whatever. We use that all the time. So to, you know, not only to help with puppy smell, but just for the whole, the calming factor of the dogs and all that we do. But what if you put something in there that, could help with cancers or help with diseases yeah. i mean it, it's just it's it's so there it's so there and it's just like i want to find out what it is
1: yeah it seems like sense. the positive possibilities are endless yeah. so i'm curious oh, so I know. one of the things i've heard about and i don't know if this falls into an essential oil category for something else but i know on the market they have a thing called dap diffusers for anxiety uh-huh. is that is mm-hmm. that an essential oil or do you have an essential oil alternative that you recommend
2: well, I, I don't really, I guess it's, that's harder for me to say because we teach temperament. So oh, okay. I don't really, I don't really work with the dogs that have anxiety because gotcha. I work with brand new puppies. Okay. So I haven't had to, had the opportunity to have to do that. We, we are preventative as, a, as opposed to reactive. Cool. So okay. I'm not really, I'm yeah. not very knowledgeable as far as what can do reactive wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you can do your thunder shirts and all that kind of stuff or, you know, that kind of thing, but you know, as far as sense and as as far as smells, I wouldn't be the person to ask on that. Okay. Yeah,
1: no problem. So it sounds like then, I mean, if someone is fortunate to have a puppy that you've worked with, they're probably going to be in a better position as they get older as an older dog, that they're not going to have some of the behavioral issues, some of the anxiety that you might see in a dog that isn't. Like doesn't go through this Absolutely. sort of program. okay. Cool.
2: Absolutely. Because basically you have when a puppy is born, you have two types of personalities to start with, okay. You have calm puppies and you have confident puppies. If you look at a litter of puppies, they're showing that before their eyes and ears are even open. They're showing who are the forceful ones trying to get the teeth on mom. And they're showing who are the ones that are kind of more laid back. And, you know, people always have the tendency to call them, oh, those, that's the run of the litter. And, you yeah. know, a lot of people yeah. don't understand. There really isn't a runt of the litter. It's just one that... Didn't make it there fast. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't make it to get to what it is. I mean, because their eyes and ears aren't even open. And what are they going by to find mom? The smell. Sure. So once again, the smell gets right into there with us. That's so, great. you know, it's one of those where. If you, when we find out, when we see this as we're watching them, you know, we watch for which puppies go away away from mom, which puppies stay close, which puppies stay by each other. So we're making mental notes as well. But when when their scent work comes out at that day 22, and remember their eyes just, or their ears just opened on day 21. So on day 22, when we have those scent results, we now start honing that puppy for what we found. Hmm. So if I can tell ahead, of, if I know that that puppy is going to be timid to sounds, that puppy's starting sound training that day. So, or if I know that that puppy is going to um, be highly distracted, that puppy is going to get taken outside more. Maybe I just take him, wrap him up in a blanket, and I go sit on the front porch in a rocking chair with that dog. Mm-hmm. Because it's getting, um, the exposure is there. The expo- and that's where we go. So when we don't do puppy selection until like seven or about between seven and a half and eight weeks. So when we get to that point, all our puppies are pretty much on even keel. I mean, they still have their idiosyncrasies and their own personality, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of them that are just you know, we've taken care of the issues already.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Are there any essential oils that are actually dangerous for animals that people should be aware of?
2: Well, there are. Um, there, I, There's a whole list of them, and I don't have them in front of me to be able to tell you what they are. But one of the main things that you've got to make sure is that the essential oils don't get in contact actually with them or with their skin or with their mouth. Um, for example, what we do is we, and we also have to understand people, even though you don't smell it, They still do. So you have to make sure that you get a cotton ball. The cotton ball is damp. The cotton ball has got water on it. Then you just want to put a drop on it. People have a tendency to want to go and, you know, sprinkle a whole bunch or do that. You don't want to do that because you literally can actually make the dog nauseated by doing that. Makes sense. So it's it's one of those. And then we put it in the metal tin that the metal tin has a hole on top. So we make sure there's no contact whatsoever. Um, They do have, you know, there's all kinds of different research that you see that there's certain ages that you should and shouldn't. And you know, for us doing it, we're doing it under a safety factor. Um we're not putting oils on the dog, we're not exposing the dog to that. They're not here with us long enough to even do anything like that. We simply always use that oil in a tin just for smelling, and that's all we do.
1: Gotcha cool well so this has been great and informative, Very informative and, and yeah. something I'd not heard a lot about so, Outside and it of sounds the box. and it sounds like as the mad canine scientist that we've now dubbed you <laughs> that yeah. you you're probably ongoing research is something yeah. that you're interested in you talked a little bit about the empowered puppy project but are there other um, other research projects or things that you guys are going to be working on in the future that we should kind of keep our eye on? Yeah.
2: Well, basically, it's every litter's a learning experience. And every litter we watch and we see, because you'll find that, like I had that litter of that one of the Golden Retriever, like I said, that literally in, in two sessions of watching themselves on television, they were able to do it. I mean, we have it where we can, we have 15 week old puppies reading flashcards. I uh-huh. mean, literally reading what we're not saying a word. And we have all these videos up on YouTube for anybody to see. We teach what we call, is, by the imitation, we call it like me. So what will happen is we'll take an item or an object like a call bell. So we'll hit the ring the call bell, and we'll tell you the puppy like me. The puppy will turn around and ring the bell. Mm-hmm. We get him to the point where we take a ball and we'll drop balls. We have like um, different games that we've made and stuff like that. And you know, drop the ball through the hole, and then we take the ball out, and then the puppy will drop the ball through the hole. I mean, we have found we're finding different characteristics in breeds. Like I do Bernese Mountain Dogs, um, English Cream Golden Retrievers, and English Labs. What a, I can teach a Bernese at eight weeks, it would take me until 12 weeks to teach a lab to do. Hmm. Um, labs don't have a genetic gene for food. There's little, the coarseness of the coat of a lab, we have found, um, if it's a very smooth coat, it's a very highly active lab. If you have a coarser coat puppy, it's going to be a calmer lab. Hmm. So we're just, we're like notating everything. Every, we found that if you speak in, in plural to the dogs, if you say sitting, laying, uh, waiting they learn 50 percent faster what? so i never really know so cool. yeah it's be- because it's sing-songing as they're sitting laying they pay attention more as opposed to saying sit lay mm. wait it's and very- that's usually how you're trained you- yeah that's- it's exactly Absolutely. right you go mm-hmm. into any of the big box you're saying sit, 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 and the dog's looking at you like right? <laughs> what anything. like i'm not gonna do yeah. that well we teach the dogs about their about their body parts so, for example, about four and a half, five weeks, we basically what we do is we hold the puppy in our hands, and this is your right paw, this is your left paw, this is your belly, this is your head, this is your tail. We touch it and we give a little squeeze on it. We do it five consecutive times and we do it for about five days in a row. So now I can say if a dog comes into me, I don't want to say anything. I say, put your belly on the ground, or put your hindy on the ground, or put your bum on the ground, or whatever <laughs> I want to say. And that dog knows his body parts. But that takes it back into the fitness end of it because now the dog is more aware of their body parts, which then is going to prevent less injury. Um, we put them in a hot tub. We use water to hit the buoyancy levels. We have a pool in the back for them. I mean, we we actually put them in water at two weeks old. We put them like in a little foot bath, and that helps shape their temperament at that time.
0: So. I want to go to your house. No kidding. I want to be retrained myself. (laughs) I want to be
1: reprogrammed, retrained. I want to have a personality. No,
2: it's just a matter, it's a combination. You can't say any one thing does everything specific And any, as far as like our research. So we're just, we're going with it. We're trying all different kinds of things. Well, that worked. That's it. And we won't do that again. Hey, let's try that. What if this happens? You know, it's one of those trial and errors. And since I'm non-funded, it's basically I have to go and I buy the litters. And then the puppies that we have, we research them, we study them, and then we turn around and we sell them trained puppies. Um, and because we do a lot for assistance and therapy and like we've done dogs for Homeland Security and, you know, dogs for people that have diabetes. And I mean, that I have, a, oh, my gosh, Rosie was one of our puppies. The people came from Canada for her. And I she was supposed to originally go with another family. And when they came down, they bonded with another one of our puppies. And I said, no, take her, you know, and I'm going to keep Rosie. Well, this lady had called me from Canada. She just wanted her. She says, I love her. I'm coming for her. I'm like, okay. So she told me she was diabetic. So I had her send me her scent. And basically what I do for that is I have them take a cheesecloth and they wipe it behind their knees and on the back of their neck. And then we, let, we teach the puppy to touch and we let the puppy smell the scent, touch, smell, touch, smell, touch. Well, I did it with Rosie for about two weeks and they came and got her and she literally saved a woman's life four times on the way home because um, wow. the lady wore a pump her blood sugar just went and lost it and the lady's husband was a physician so it maybe even so better because it was documentation of something really happening he was watching it he was watching the dog
0: absolutely and
2: then what happened was they went to um cross the canadian border and she had a bad attack well the dog was going crazy trying to let her know well then the canadian border seized the dog so then they had to pay three thousand dollars to get the dog back and Aww. it was just you know, I mean, it was, which they did, but then I got a story from her about a month ago saying, um, she had went, they went up to their mountain house and she had had a friend with her. And I guess when she has attacks and stuff like that, this dog even does this at night, which is highly, highly, highly rare. Um, but she ended up going and she was poking Jody and poking her and, and Jody wouldn't get up. So she got in bed and pushed her out on the floor.
1: Oh my God. And she
2: called me, she called me the next day. She said, she was crying. She says Kim. If I, if that dog wouldn't have done that, she I would have died in my sleep.
1: Oh my uh, gosh, that's, that's
0: amazing. It was. Wonderful story. So when you, Wonderful. when you
2: hear stuff like that, I mean, it just, it blows your mind that the, the capabilities. And I really believe that it has to do with doing this early scent work when they're so little. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dog we sent to Homeland Security, the lady said, usually it takes them to about three years for the dogs to be able to really kind of scent out children. Well, this dog was already at 18 months finding kids in locked metal cabinets down in like basements as wow. part of the training.
0: Wow. I Thank mean,
2: you. it just, it just blows your mind.
0: And it sounds so, like you're just um, that, touching the surface
2: part, Oh, and I, I swear we are. I swear yeah. there's more to this and I'll figure it out. I, I don't know <laughs> well, what that it part is. we really can count know on. What
0: it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I will. Will. I really we'll check out about every year or so and hear how many more advances are going on.
2: Yeah. It's So it's so funny. Cause the one girl that works for me, she says the same thing. she's like, okay, well think of where we were last year. Think of where you are this year. Where are you going to be at next? I'm like, I don't know, but it's going to be fun, but it's going to be fun. You yeah. It's, That's it's, great. It's just, it's just cool, and like I said, I could go on and on. I apologize. I no, no, it's great apologize. information.
0: It's really let's, great information, let's Kim.
2: Let you do your questions. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. No, that's fine. You and we did, and you got to them. So training canines and empowering, uh, empowered puppies, but they can actually get a kit, mm-hmm. and ha- test mm-hmm. their own animals and send you information and um, Yeah, be part hey. of the research. Yeah, it's really wonderful. That's great. Really wonderful, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, like usual, you're welcome. We run out of time, but. Um, we'll certainly look for having you back on any new things that you're um, pulling up and yeah. things that are changed, changing. Uh, we'd like to like to hear about.
2: them. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Great. Thank Thanks. you, Kim. We'll Have talk a to great you later. day. You
0: too. Bye bye. Bye. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger,
2: Humarian Health
1: Podcast,
0: Spilling Our Guts
1: for the Well Being of Yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at Humarian.com.